think that that's probably one of the biggest issues that almost all of us have is like that control. You just, you got to recognize what you can and can't control or who you can control, which is typically only yourself. Hey everyone, this is Robert Gowan. That was Eric Martin. And on this episode, we're talking about coping mechanism and coping skills. Many of us have to deal with all kinds of different stressful situations. And what we go into on this episode is talking about the ways in which people all of a sudden throw up walls and barriers or ways to start coping with some of those situations that they're facing in life. We hope to give you some good tips and some of the things that uh, we've used in the past to help us and some of the things that we've noticed as well within, within others uh, that might be able to help you recognize some of the signs of those loved ones or friends that are around you. So sit back and relax and enjoy another episode of Mentors for Military. This is the Mentors for Military podcast. Well, one of the things I was uh, for kind of preparing for this podcast, you know, on identifying like coping me- mechanisms or understanding coping and stress, I thought it was a great topic that you brought up. And one of the things that I found was an article that was written back in 2012 called uh, Identifying Coping Mechanisms by Paul uh, Huljic. And uh, one of the things that talked about was that for most of us, we develop certain habits that act as coping mechanisms and outlets for stress. And primarily, this was talking about taking charge and, and uh, having ways to counter stress or to beat stress. So he started describing about how it's essential to overcome coping mechanisms in order to meet the stress directly, that you got to take it head on. By doing so, this enables you to address issues directly rather than allowing them to fester by avoiding the root cause. He goes on to talk about how the coping mechanisms can actually be an addictive thing in themselves. You know, you find ways to try to deal with the stress, alcohol being one of those things or something else. And and people may use it even as doing CrossFit, weightlifting, whatever. What they don't realize is they've now replaced something like stress with something addictive, just as addictive. You know, you feel like you have to, you have to take supplements, you have to go and work out, you have to go and, you know what I mean? That's so true. Yeah. Uh, You you take one addiction or whatever, one thing that you're like abusing um, and you replace it with another thing. And it's funny because I remember when I stopped (laughs) drinking, I was like, I want, I I craved ice cream so bad. I was like, I felt like a a (laughs) pregnant woman wanting, you know, that, that like, cold stone or whatever because obviously you know you've gotten rid of the alcohol for me i got rid of the alcohol so you're still lacking those sugars or that sugar intake and so that was there but then the other thing was is like i really turned back to more constructive means like getting into the gym more often because that that was like that's always been a big thing for me is i i love being in the gym so and i can see that it it can be addictive or whatever but it's also I try to keep it as a, a focal point to like, I, I think for me, I think through a lot of things like when I'm at the gym uh, with regards to either work and or personal life, like I, it kind of gets those synapses uh, flowing and going for me. You know, you've got to 
figure out a way to try to deal or cope with whatever type of situation that you might be in. And like you said, maybe it's a stress reliever. Of course, you know, I know physicians will tell you that working out and stuff like that will help you relieve stress and it gets the endorphins going and, you know, all those types of things. Um, but you also need to figure out how you're spending your day. What are the things that you're doing, you know, whether it's a work at home, you know, are you spending a whole lot of time on your phone or whatever yeah. the case where you could be spending more quality time focused on the things that help you cope or help you deal with the stress or those types of things that's causing the, the issue? Yeah, no, no doubt. Like time management has been a huge thing for me. And it's funny, too, as well as I look at things like, again, when I lived that sober life, like I, I was able to get so much done and particularly I think about like being in the Q course, for instance, like I don't think, I think I had maybe two beers the entire time I was in the Q course because for me, my mindset was, I was like, okay, I've got to get, get whatever homework assignments that they had in the particular courses that I was in, or I've got to be physically fit enough and I've got to be ready to go for like that next phase because I know that this is going to be, you know, those certain gates that you've got to meet. And then all oh, by the way, I still have a home life that I have to deal with. So at that point in time, I had like a couple of dogs. So you got to make sure you make time for that stuff. You got to make sure. And then, you know, there's all these other things that you've got to do with your life. And I've noticed the, the same become true as I have worked through my own issues like, I'm currently in the midst of, like, three different businesses. I still am in the Army, and I'm finishing my bachelor's degree. And then, oh, by the way, you know, I'm taking care of all these other things on the side, too, that I've got to get done. It's, like, it's it's pretty interesting to see and just kind of, like, mind-blowing to realize, like, what you can get done in a day when you're not filling yourself with essentially, like, negative uh, vibes or whatever and, and or you're confronting essentially confronting the issues of those stressors that you've got to, as far as coping skills co go with. So for me, I, I'm working at a staff job. I'm, I'm one of the ops I'm the ops major for a brigade staff of senior ROTC. So we've got 36 programs and 300 plus junior ROTC programs. And although for some people that might be extremely robust and make their head spin for me, I'm just like, I look around, I'm like, all right, we're not hitting, no bullets are flying. I was like, we've, you know, we've got all the right people that here because we've got certain guys and gals that are good at, you know, our finance, you know, you got your guys and gals that are good with like the recruiting aspect or, and so we've got these different things in place and it just takes that like step by step and sometimes methodical ability to convey those things. And the other thing is, is just having, positive mindsets in in duress because that's the biggest thing that i've noticed is you know sometimes people are just like well that's not in my scope of duties i don't know what to do or like and so it's it's either yeah. a pass it's a pass the buck idea or it's like oh my gosh I, well, i've never done this and and you kind of like you, you get a little bit frantic and don't get me wrong like that stuff happens here and there for me too because we're all human but if you take that moment to just like step back and like be like, okay, you know, have that little goose frabba moment and like, ah, okay, I see now. It, it usually works out. Well, coping occurs in response to a psychological stress. Usually it's triggered by some kind of change. So when you think about those types yep. of things, it could be the death of a loved one, a loss of a job, a divorce. But then there's also positive changes like marriage, birth, moving, a new job. 
those can also be life stressors and most people don't think about those but then they also start trying to find some ways to cope and adapt to those types of situations so they start having problems with you know their their emotions or behaviors or different types of uh, coping strategies start coming into place in order to help adjust or help them with those types of different situations that's another thing too that you know we we as outsiders maybe that aren't dealing with those particular situations and we're watching another cope is you have to keep in mind the human aspect of like okay what are the underlying factors of why this person is either mad sad right angry frustrated or whatever because that total human concept does come into play and it comes into play for us too and so sometimes and i i think i've gotten a little bit better about being self-aware of it but sometimes i don't and somebody will be like hey man you know why did you you know, seeing a little bit short here, and, I, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm dealing with this at home, or, or you know, something silly happened. I, I, I ran into, you know, the side of the road, and I busted my tire. S- silly things like that will, you know, can set people off. You're right. you got to try to figure out the way of what the root cause is kind of thing. And, but a lot of people actually end up paying more attention to the types of activities that they're doing. Like, you know, you mentioned drinking or maybe it's loss of sleep or uh, a feeling of isolation or something like that where people are kind of cutting themselves off. And, and you don't jump right to the, um, the problem. You end up then going into what you perceive to be the problem is they're drinking. They're not sleeping well. They need, they're not focusing. They're getting isolated. And you try to do certain things in order to change that behavior. And I even saw in uh, some levels, especially within the military, where commanders would end up giving their subordinates an Article 15. I'd be like, you know, you can't give them an Article 15. That'll actually trigger more response. we got to first find out what the root cause here is. What's really going on, like you said, behind the scenes that's caused this, you know, normal or above average individual who has been in the military for all these years to act this way there's something deeper here that we got to get to the source of that's definitely been an interesting factor in the last couple of years that people have actually started taking into account is i think that you know on the military side of the house and i I, and even as i start looking around at some of the studies that are going on in just corporate world is like the tbi factors uh play a lot of an issue in some of these cases and you know a lot of times we've associated tbi with guys and gals getting hit with ieds or stuff or they're getting hit um you know falling out of the aircraft uh, <laughs> aka being a paratrooper <laughs> and that's not a good and, thing when you yeah, yeah. right well, and i and i remember i had one of my i think my third tbi incident was a, a parachute uh, landing fall went horribly wrong on a, a jurtex back in the 82nd but you start taking a look at the studies, and then on top of that, uh, what was the Will Smith movie that came out a couple years ago that focused on that, especially like with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers? The oh, Will Smith? I don't know. It, it, it was a really good movie, and it was about the doctor that had researched like how these... Uh, these brain injuries were affecting all these different football players because like one by one, a lot of these football players were either having domestic violence issues and or suicidal ideations or committed yeah. suicide. And, and you, and you look at like some of those things and they they definitely have translated in 
all of our military branches, unfortunately. And and I can say that I had suffered through a lot. I went through the uh, cognitive brain therapy treatment, or CBT. I hope I'm doing that right. Some doctor's probably listening to me and going, oh, man, he just <laughs> he tore that one up. But I know it's called CBT, and I know it has to do with the cognitive therapy. But uh, it was tough. I, I mean, I had to sit and write out, like, what were some of the most, like, nasty things that I've endured, talk about them, basically relive them. But the therapist that I had was awesome because uh, he was just like, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better, but here's how we're going to make it better. Because I had, I personally had gone through a couple of therapists that, you know, just kind of wanted to hand me pills or whatever. And, yeah. You know, get rid of the symptom as opposed to I wanted, I was looking for a solution. And I knew better because knew enough because I had an ex that her family unfortunately had some issues with uh, prescription pills. I had teammates that had issues with prescription pills, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. I, I, I was like, I, I need a solution. And so it's it's good to see how that type of approach is becoming more and more evident and people are becoming a little bit more aware and that it's not just like you know okay hey that person has ptsd um they're probably gonna go crazy so we gotta kick them to the side but it's more of a hey how can we you know insulate as opposed to isolate you know venting is one of those techniques that is always really good i mean finding somebody that you can let steam off and and actually understand of course that you're letting steam off and venting with them in order to get through a certain situation that kind of outward expression of emotion is usually very helpful in um you know regrounding yourself and getting back to uh, you know, if nothing else, trying to deal with the situation or at least have a sounding board of somebody who listens. And in many cases, a, a bending situation is not necessarily an individual who's going to offer a lot of advice. It could be somebody is just listening. That's the only thing yeah. you want them to do is just sit there and listen. But it helps an individual get back to kind of that zero state uh, if they work their way through it and they start paying attention to what they're saying. In many cases, if they can get past the self-blame or internalizing the issue and blaming themselves, uh, that kind of stuff leads to so low self-esteem and sometimes depression. Uh, but if they can really get into that technique of venting with somebody and not falling into that kind of depressive state and stuff, you can sometimes just get it out through expression. That's been something that has been amazing for me uh, in finding some of the mentors, especially over the last few months that I've had. I mean, you've been one of those guys that I can kind of be like, okay, hey, here's here's problem X. Like, you know, what do I do with this? Or, or what? And then, or uh, Otis McGregor has been another one that's been kind of like, it, it just kind of like that no nonsense, like, well, hey, here's what I'm thinking. And like we were talking earlier about like the Lean Sigmas was, hey, let's take the emotion out of this and let's really analyze the problem. And I think that that having guys and gals like that in my life that kind of helped break situations down helps me in turn to kind of utilize those lessons learned to be able to do the same for like some of my coworkers or some of my friends. And just having that like objective, not just subjective approach is kind of nice as well too, because, you know, if we're friends with both sides of like the house or both sides of the problem, you know, sometimes we can formulate biases that either are just subconscious or based on like, well, they're my friend. I don't want to hurt them. 
you know, I was sharing a story offline uh, about my own situation where it was a very difficult and stressful time period, and I had a family member who actually mentioned that uh, it was good to have me back after the um, the period of time, and I didn't even realize that other people were noticing these types of things. But maybe that's that part of denial where people a lot of times try to avoid the issue altogether and you know, try to find some way to distract other people. In some cases, that's where they end up going into alcohol consumption or overworking or sleeping more than usual or finding some way to try to cope with these uh, these types of situations. And you don't think that other people are actually noticing what's going on around you, but they, they really are. And those are the people who, who may come to you and actually mention something about it uh, to see if you're actually paying attention or they may find that you're very sensitive to that aspect because you're in this type of state where you're, you know, you don't feel like you're the problem or you don't feel that there is a problem and you're not dealing with it. Uh, but yet they're the they're very people who are close to you that will come to you and tell you, OK, we need to we need to start working your way through this to help you kind of find some ways to help cope through this situation. I've had some similar situations based on like my you know, self-proclamation of, hey, you know, I. I, I kicked the kicked the booze a couple of years ago, and I was like, and here's here's how I was like successful, and why I was successful in doing so. And so I had some random guys that had reached out to me that you know were brotherhood in the uh, special forces realm, and they were like, hey, I'm really worried about my friend. You know, what things did you do, or what things did you experience, and you know, who helped kind of get you along that way? And I mean, it, it's kind of sad to hear like some of the stories, like how deep and how lo long and rooted some people's uh like alcohol issues and in this case was like this guy had no it was like best friends with the i think he was a i want to say a pharmaceutical exec or like uh or no he was he was a, a hospital like doctor that was pretty well you know established but he you know essentially is working as a functioning alcoholic and mm. I was like, well, okay, well, how long has this been going on? And he was like, well, it's been about 30 years. And I'm like, whoo, wow. that's, that's going to be a hard one to approach because, you know, you try to, you try to go up to somebody that's having that, or has that much uh, of a history with a substance like that. Yeah. Obviously they're going to be angry and be like, I don't have a problem. Yeah. You've got a problem that I have a problem. And, you know, it just kind of. It's almost like that regressive state into, you know, you're an adult, but now you're acting like a child and you don't want to act like an adult, but, you know, but you you're you're at that age that nobody's going to question your authority of it. Talked about the Lean Six Sigma and everything, but problem solving is one of those things that you can really do to help you cope as a, as a mechanism to help in a stressful or especially in work situations. You know, okay, what, what's really going on around me? Who is it that I'm being affected by? What are the things that I can do that I can control versus the things that I can't control? And I think that's one of the issues as well is that we have to realize sometimes we're not in control of the situation. And if that comes about, what are those things that we know that we can control focus on those because those are the things that you can spend the time and energy on the things that you can't control if you start spending too much time that's where you can start going down that that vacuum and getting sucked in and everything to where you're trying to to solve something that is unsolvable you're trying to fix something that you can't fix in this situation but it may be an eye-opener in terms of it if it is work-related maybe you're not working in the right job or you're not working at the right uh, position or you're not working for the right company 
it's time for a little bit of self-reflection as well as to why you're in this situation. And, and maybe there is something that you can do about it, but it might require a major decision. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and you bring up a pretty good point because that, that whole attitude determines altitude type of mindset is really going to make the difference in a lot of these coping skills and or your coping mechanisms to deal with said stressors because if you've got a if you've got this like woe is me eeyore type of attitude you're just going to be like okay the boss is handing me more work uh it's going to be awful then you're just going to reap what you've sown in that type of a mindset but if you're like hey yeah, let's take a look at and examine like the steps that we can to you know mitigate the factors that are causing said stressors or causing said issues among that work environment. Then that that's going to make the biggest difference because it comes back to like the whole uh, servant leadership uh, mindset as well as far as like you know hey everybody's kind of being empowered in a certain way, but there's you know they're still being led by somebody that's actually in charge, and because not everything can be a democracy or whatever when it comes to work environments because obviously then maybe not much work would get done but it it all is on the approach of the or the in the eye of the beholder if you will yeah you know i I mentioned about venting there may be people that actually reach out to you and say hey listen there's like i said there's a there's an issue or there's something going on that's the time that you need to have that that trigger and realize okay I need some kind of way to have an outlet. So a few of those we've already talked about, like problem solving, um, getting some kind of support, maybe other people close uh, that your friends or family that you can actually talk to and doing some venting and those types of things are great as well. Physical activity we also hit on. and um, But humor and relaxation are two things. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people don't re- recognize just how much, just if you try to smile throughout the day, Uh, it's very difficult then to have a bad day if that's what you're constantly doing. Of course, everybody's going to look at you and think you're kind of strange, but (laughs) you know, but it's true though. If you, it's really hard to, to look at somebody and get upset and smile and not at least have to think about the effort of smiling because it's, it's (laughs) difficult to, to actually cuss somebody out and stuff. Now there may be people that can do that through smiling, but uh, humor humor makes light of a stressful stressful situation, and also in some cases it helps people you know prevent the situation from ever becoming like very much overwhelming and those types of things. And then the second thing is maybe it's time for a little bit of a vacation or relaxation. And I know if my buddy was here, uh, George Brionis from uh, Softly, he'd be talking about the breathing and the coping and stuff, and making sure that you're inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth and keeping your diaphragm in check. And uh, focusing on relieving that stress within your body in some ways. And humor is one of those. Breathing and dealing with these types of situations through yoga or through those types of techniques and stuff can be very helpful. And you mentioned humor and dealing with uh, coping with stress. I, I was talking to one of my friends this weekend about one of the, my first firefights over in Afghanistan. And I was a mortarman back in the day uh, for a 60 section. And it was pretty recently that the super troopers movie had come out and I was talking back and forth, uh, with the, uh, base at the talk. And all of a sudden I was like, Hey radio, this is alpha steel. Am I clear for fire? And they're like, they're like alpha steel. Don't call me radio over. And like, we were doing the whole, like, they're like, do you need assistance? And like, we're going back and forth in the middle of a firefight doing this. And, you know, we're dropping rounds and, you know, the Taliban guys are hitting us back. And 
I get back and my first sergeant and my company commander, they're like, only you can be sick enough to figure out a way to find humor in a firefight. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it really is true because like, I mean, and I, I, and it probably didn't help that I was only like barely 21 at that point in time. So I'm not exactly very mature <laughs> at that point. But like right. I had guys that were like, even, like 17, 18 years old in my squad and you could you could see that there was definitely a little bit of fear in everybody's eyes or yeah. whatever, because we're like, holy cow. I mean, we've only been here a week and this is already happening. And, uh, it's just one of those things though, that I, I have found that works for me. But then sometimes I've found that it doesn't always work for me because I'm also very sarcastic since that's like one of the seven languages I speak and <laughs> sarcasm being that. And, um, I had a squad leader that pulled me aside. He's like, Hey man, you really kind of need to work on your attitude. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I, I love what I'm doing. And he goes, well, everybody thinks that you like hate this job because you're always sarcastic. They're like, you get stuff done. I'm like, and, and it again, like you, you kind of kind of look at, okay, well, how am I being perceived versus what do I think I'm being perceived as? So I had to, I had to really kind of reel it in because like what the effect was that I was having on others around me. I mean, I was making them laugh, but at the same time, they were like, I don't know if Eric is really liking what he's doing or if he's, you know, meaningful. Yeah. You know, and there's all kinds of different things um, like that, like humor that you can continue doing, like time to yourself and, you know, taking some time in the morning out so that you can actually read a book or get off the phone, you know, get off of social media (laughs) and actually spend some time um, with yourself and understanding what's most important to you, kind of grounding yourself and those types of things, getting in contact with a friend, you know, trying to um, to, to listen to and support maybe them can help yourself when you start listening to their bad times and everything, you know, pets are another way. I know it sounds crazy, but a lot of people have dogs and stuff and it's been statistically proven that animals and especially, you know, dogs help you relieve a lot of the stress because I think it's, maybe it's this whole thing about you're focusing on somebody else and on somebody who needs you. And so you end up taking care of them and not thinking about those stressful thoughts and everything. It can be a calming influence in people's lives or believe it or not, as well as you got to make sure you're eating healthy. You know, are you, you know, taking in too much caffeine? We mentioned alcohol, but if you're taking in too much caffeine, that's a stimulant as well that could end up driving you in a negative state of mind. You end up losing sleep. You already have the stress and that's putting a lot of you know pressure on you already. Of course, you know drugs, sedatives, stimulants, all that kind of stuff. You definitely definitely don't want to take. Uh, but eat right, sleep right. You know, being around pets, taking some time to yourself, take some time to read or meditate and relax. Especially the eating thing, because I mean, don't get me wrong, I love to eat, and somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, he's a fat." <laughs> I'm like, I really do. <laughs> I want me a Reese's cup right now. No, but it does. It, like, if you put junk in you're going to get garbage out as far as that's concerned. And it really does. It, it affects your mood for sure. And I, I know personally for me that that was a big thing is, you know, changing up to a little bit of a cleaner uh, meal plan definitely made it a lot easier for me to get through the day because, you know, it just, it does. It helped. I mean, I remember going through a course, uh, the advanced special operations technique course up in Seattle. And I think I was at like seven or eight monsters in a day just so I could stay awake and write my reports or whatever. And uh, uh, one of my buddies was like, 
you really need to lay off the caffeine, man, because it's... <laughs> no doubt. And, and, Seven and or eight. It was. Like, God. Yeah, it was bad. But, I mean, and that's an extreme that it, just based on some things that were going on, you know, there were a lot of, you know, external pressures, though, on my life at that point in time, too, that a lot of people didn't know that were going on. But, yeah, the the humor, the food, and then the resting um, are, are huge things that definitely kind of all three kind of play in playing into each other as far as like your attitude as well well in that time when i had a very stressful period i actually had somebody that uh, worked with me to to start talking about some of the things that were affecting me and and what was my what was my passion or what was my purpose getting to know who i was what made me really happy what are the things that added to the balance of what i can and cannot change about myself and and maybe some of the the different things that i was self-imposing on myself you know what are what are the things that i'm holding maybe even from you know past uh, a past period of my life that I didn't even realize that we're taking control of the situation right now and we're causing me to go into that coping mechanism where I was getting in more of a shell and not realizing who I was. So you got to learn to be at peace with yourself. You got to learn about, you know, who you are, what makes you really happy and learn to balance what you can and cannot change about yourself. I think that that's probably one of the biggest issues that almost all of us have is like that control. You just, you got to recognize what you can and can't control or who you can control, which is typically only yourself. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, that's, it's definitely the biggest thing. Well, I think there's also a lot of people that need, you know, that positive reinforcement as well from other people to, they got to realize that they, it's okay to accept compliments. And um, some people have difficulty in accepting kindness from others. And if you're wanting to remain positive, like we're talking about and have that positive mental attitude and that smile and everything else, you've got to be willing to, to open yourself up and expose yourself on a lot of occasions and accept compliments, realize who you are. And again, be at peace with who you are so we talk about things like overeating even we talked about stress but i mean that can take itself in in uh, the shape of food as well where you start overeating and well that means that you haven't found a peace with yourself as well with your body shape who you are and how other people see you you're too worried about your outward appearance and stuff so it's building that confidence and identifying your abilities and weaknesses together accept them Build on them and do what's best for you and what you with what you have. Hey, yeah, I mean, you, sometimes you just got to play the cards you're dealt, and you know, it's that's so very true. There's a lot of great material that's out there in helping you deal with uh, different types of um, strategies for good mental health, wellness. You know, I encourage everybody to go out there and and uh, try to find some of these because whether we realize it or not, there's always periods in our life where we're going to have to deal with a stressful situation. Many of us are going to feel that way coming up in the next few days with Memorial Day coming on. And, uh, you know, some, some people are going to be thinking about this in different ways than just a barbecue weekend and a time to spend at the pool and with family and such. And so you've got to understand the ways to get back into that good mental mind. Most definitely. I mean, I know for me, and I, there was a lot, there's always going to be guys that celebrate life through, you know, having, having a few, tipping a few back, whatever for our fallen. And that's all good and well, but I know for me, like I, I had to stop that stuff because celebrating life ended up being a, you know, I ended up in like that self-deprivating state of mind or just having a really hard time dealing with that, the loss of that loved one. So 
for me now, my, my means of like, you know, celebrating that person's life is getting out with my family or, you know, going and doing something productive. Like, you know, even if it's just to go on like a hike and just kind of enjoy the scenery or, you know, get out on the lake and hit a, hit up a boat or whatever. It's, it's all in like what you decide to choose to do at that point in time. But yeah, Memorial day coming up is, is always a tough time. I think for almost anybody in any walk of life that has a veteran friend or family member in that point uh, or at some point in time in their life. And I think it's, it's one of those touchy subjects that I, until the last couple of years has been really hit upon. And I think people are starting to get it and, kind of help each other out it's and which is always an amazing thing and that i mean i think that that's what we want at the end of the day well you know one of the best ways that you can um remember those that have fallen or to celebrate their life and so the only way that you can do that is again to to have that confidence in yourself and to know where you are why you're here and and uh and part of it is to remember um them and to deal with those situations and stuff uh, with those that are closest to you, like your family and friends, and reaching out to fellow veterans and celebrate them, talk about them, do those types of things that help you celebrate their life and when they did live. And, and that's how you uh, remember them. I mean, you can you can go back into the, the whole coping mechanisms and things that we just talked about like the the alcohol or the denial that you have a problem and that you know you're having restless periods for a, a week or two around this time or whenever the you know you lost a loved one or something of that nature or you can just realize that these are coping mechanisms or things that you're doing to take that place and that you got to you've got to deal with them head on yeah definitely i know that like for uh, my group of friends we we lost Captain Charlie Robinson, who was in seventh group at the time when he was KIA, but he was one of our like favorite platoon leaders that we had when I was in 81 millimeter mortar uh, platoon. And it's pretty cool. Like at least one person from like our platoon each year goes and visits Charlie's gravesite there at Arlington, and will send like a picture among us on like a Facebook Messenger group chat and. It's cool just to kind of like, you know, have those moments of reflection and, and then recollect like that, you know, the camaraderie that we still have, even though we're all at different walks of life. Because like one of my, but well, yeah, one of my buddies is a lawyer now. One of my buddies is a CPA. One guy's a, a Leo and then I'm still in and then, you know, but we all still have that touch and we all still remember him and are, you know, doing our own separate thing to kind of still keep charlie's memory alive as well too and i mean the irony to that situation even further as i met one of my now best friends who's a uh, pa up in fort hood and he was his medic when he was uh, killed that day over in afghanistan and i just was i was like wow what a small world um to have met uh, chris his medic and then you know here i am three years later and he and i are like best friends yeah, and again, you know, I mean, what we're talking about in terms of coping skills and stuff goes back and relates to so many different things. Of course, we were talking about the loss and the fact that it's Memorial Day, but, you know, the the total coping skills piece of it is stuff that can face us with work, family, friends, things that are issue, you know, around us every day that surround us. And so we've got we've to understand that we've got to promote ourselves in an understanding of mental health wellness. We've got to 
you know, address the mind-body connection, look at ways to help us deal with uh, stress by yoga, breathing exercises, uh, progressive muscle relaxation, going out and, and reading a book, living in the moment, taking some time to yourself, some me time, changing your lifestyle by even writing or getting into some type of network and uh, whether it's with your veteran friends or, you know, uh, other friends or doing something that you enjoy doing as a hobby or a sport or something that gets you away from whatever it is that's causing you some of those downtimes and and uh, depression and those types of things. And, and above all else, make sure that you're setting realistic goals. You know, make sure that you're setting and evaluating yourself the right way that you're not trying to hold yourself to a different standard and then appreciate just who you are just be you yeah i mean the two biggest things that i'm getting out of that are resiliency and then just self-appreciation and self-evaluation uh to go in there and just you know maintain that you know that forward momentum yeah most definitely uh, this was a fun uh, discussion. I, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of it uh, over the last few days um, among a lot of people in all different you know sectors of work life, whether it be office life, out in uh, an oil field, to out in the you know desert over in Afghanistan. I've, the, it's really cool to see everybody's perspectives on how they you know view resiliency and 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 the coping mechanism, coping skill environment. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio.